Well, hello. Welcome to episode 44 of Pegasus Radio. In today's episode, we look at the question, can I move from QS to PM? Can I move from Quantity Surveyor to Project Manager? Okay, let's dive in. Wow, we I have been a busy boy this week, hence why I'm so late coming to you this week's episode. I'm actually sat in Pegasus Towers this uh, this fine Saturday morning recording this episode for you to ensure that I keep up with my promised schedule of one episode a week. So here we go with this week's episode. A question I get asked an awful lot by quantity surveyors or stroke cost managers, can I make the move across to project management? And the very simple answer is yes, you absolutely can. This episode is going to be dedicated to, I guess, talking you through that transition, maybe highlighting some of the, uh, the maybe the question marks you have to consider before making that move across, um, maybe how to make that con- transition across easier, tackling salary, which is something a lot of people often ask me about when making that move across, and also, I guess, just ending with encouraging you to be realistic about making that move across. Okay, so let's dive in. Now, the very first question I always ask people when they ask me, can I make the move across, is why? Why are you looking to make that move across? Now, of course, I've spoken to hundreds of people seeking to make this move across over the years or thinking about making the move across. So I know the answers. I know why you all want to make the move across. But you need to know yourself and you need to know what answers are relevant for you as to why you're choosing to make that move across. Not only so that you can tell me as the recruiter, but also any clients or any organizations that are thinking about employing you you need to be clear with them and articulate why you want to make that move across now it's it would be remiss of me not to i guess raise a few flags with you or or at least things for you to consider before making the move across the very first is around job security i would say I, i recruit qs and pms almost equally in terms of in terms of number on an average year I would say, generally speaking, there are always more QS roles out there than there are PM. Not as much in as in not as much in London. I would say it's probably there's probably you know an equal number. Well, not equal. Sorry, there's probably still more QS than PM. But the point is, there's always a lot of PM bases as well as QS vacancies in London. I would say in most of the other cities, and indeed in the regions, um, it's definitely much more heavily in favour of QS opportunities. There are more QS opportunities, generally speaking, in most of the cities and regions of the UK. I would say in the last recession, project managers suffered much more heavily than QSs did in terms of redundancies, in terms of losing jobs. And certainly I would say that QS vacancies started to appear much more quickly out of the recession than PM vacancies did. I think you have to be aware of salary. I think a lot of people assume, a lot of QS, I think, assume that PMs get paid more. I, I categorically would say that's not the case. I would say, actually, that PM and QS salaries track reasonably accurately between themselves. The one thing I can say is that if there is a if there is a slowdown in the market, and by slowdown, I don't mean a recession, I just mean a slowdown, I would say that because there's such a chronic shortage of QSs in the market, that QS salaries will still continue to rise, whereas I suspect PM salaries may plateau somewhat. And the last thing to consider is that if part of your career aspirations are to work internationally, I would say, again, there are just a lot more opportunities for quantity surveyors to move internationally than there are PMs, just simply because 
in a lot of cases the PM role internationally they, they almost prefer natives they prefer people who know the kind of construction sector market um, processes in 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 the individual country and hence it's uh, at the very least much easier to recruit them on the ground whereas in many cases you know, let's take, for example, the United States, the cost management QS function is still growing, is still new to the market. So they are hungry for QSs. They're not as hungry for project managers um, or, or in terms of, um, you know, hiring people internationally, just given the, the kind of large cost that can, that occur, can occur due to visa issues. So, yeah, if moving internationally is on your horizon, it's not to say you can't do it as a PM, but it's a damn sight easier to do as a chartered QS <laughs> so just you need to consider that if that's one of the one of the elements of your I guess career plans going forward okay now having said all that and and, and probably I should just caveat here that I, I don't want to um, that's not meant to try and put you off um, you know the, the demand for good project managers is is strong as well as it is QSs, I just think, as I say, that there's probably a stronger demand for QSs overall, certainly if you're thinking about moving internationally. But please don't let me put you off. That, that's the purpose of that is the purpose of these these early points is not to put you off the idea of moving to a project management role. Um, it's just that yeah, you need to consider some of those factors. Now, let's get back on track. Can you? Can you make that move to project management? Hell yes. I probably facilitate... I would say somewhere between five to 10 QSs um, making a move across the project management each year at all levels, actually. If you think about it, two of the fundamental areas about delivering a good project is having a really good handle on both cost and project, sorry, cost and contract. Obviously, as a pro, as a QS, that's something you have <laughs> you're built in. That's what you've been trained to do. You have very, a very good understanding of cost and contract. Now, if you've done, I guess, a either a contract administrator role or an employer's agent role, then again, that probably helps you. You know, you're probably a, a step further towards doing doing the PM role anyway. Certainly, um, most consultant PMs have to do the CA role as part of their function. I guess one thing that may hold you back is if you're the kind of very traditional QS who never leaves the office, who um, I, either due to the structure of the business or your personal choice, you, you're, you're hardly out with clients hardly out on site um, and that's for two reasons that it may hold you back the first is that obviously a, a good client facing QS will generally be in attendance with a lot of the um, I guess team meetings or, or project meetings you'll, you'll regularly interact with the design team you'll regularly interact with the contractors while sat alongside the PM and you'll have generally just probably a better understanding of the you know the, the actual technical construction process as opposed to maybe I'll say that traditional QS who never leaves the office, who never, who never really gets on site or, or rarely gets on site. Um, and secondly, you know, you'll just be someone who regularly communicates with clients as well, where obviously if you communicate with clients a lot, then then again, you know, you, you're halfway along the way. I would say probably, in my humble opinion, the most fundamental skill of a project manager is an ability to communicate with people. So again, if you're somebody who enjoys interacting and communicating with people and indeed do that with regular client and site visits, then again, I think you're some way along the way to making that move across to PM if that's what you want to do. What I guess what other steps may help you? Um, the first I would suggest is becoming chartered, certainly MRICS, but maybe also MCIOB. I think, you know, if you think about it, 
if a client is looking at your business card, if, if you still have them these days, um, or looking at your email signature and you've got MRICS after your name, then they're probably not necessarily going to question whether you're a chartered PM, a chartered QS, chartered building surveyor. They'll just take it that you're, you're, you're chartered um, and obviously you're acting as a PM. So, you know, they, they'll, they'll make that assumption that that's what you are, a chartered project manager. On top of that, I think, if you make the move from QS to PM before you're chartered, then you, you may to some extent be taking a few steps back in terms of getting chartered. Now, yes, of course, some of the key competencies are transferable, but you may, for example, have to have to pick up a new critical analysis, a new project if you're going down the PM pathway. So at the very least, it may step you back six months to a year. So again, I think if you can get the MRICS out of the way or indeed MCIOB out of the way, um, before you make the move, I think that will make it easier and, and probably actually make you more attractive in the marketplace as well, to be honest, to prospective organisations looking for project managers. Um, other things that may help, um, as I alluded to earlier, if you've done the CA or EA role before, I think that will definitely help as part of the process. Um, ideally, you'll have a decent understanding of programming and scheduling. That's something PMs do quite a lot of. Certainly some QSs do it. Uh, maybe others don't do it as much, but certainly if you can get exposure to that or indeed just, you know, just start to learn it yourself and, and get an understanding of that. I think that will definitely help. And and lastly, as I alluded to at the very beginning of this podcast, you just need to be able to answer that question of why do you want to be a project manager? You know, what's driving you to be a project manager so that you can give a coherent answer that is also believable. Okay, so the next question people often ask me about is salaries. Can I move for the same salary or indeed can I move for an improvement? Again, as I alluded to earlier, I think a lot of people assume PMs get paid more than QSs. I can categorically tell you that is not the case. Um, I, I think they actually track fairly evenly um, across both disciplines and at all levels. So I don't think you can. Um, now, to an extent, it's not even a question I can actually answer on this podcast to some extent because without maybe understanding your CV, understanding your skills, understanding what you're doing, um, you know, what your skill set is, what your transferable skills are, where you are in terms of chartership, etc., etc., it's very difficult for me to give you an accurate answer. One thing I would say is that the earlier you make the transition across in your career, um, the more likely it is that you can move for the same salary or a similar salary. Or, or, or maybe even a slight increase in salary potentially. When you start getting into the more senior management ranks from associate and above, and you're operating in a management rank as a QS, you may find that you can't move for that same level across to the PM side. So if you're an associate QS fulfilling you know, management roles as a QS, you may find you have to step back to a senior PM role. I can give you a, a kind of very real example of this. I supported an exceptional individual last year who was a director of cost management. Uh, he was... He was a bloody talented guy, very focused in the sector, you know, had key contacts, et cetera, et cetera. But he'd made a choice that he wanted to make the move across to project management, that that's what he needed to do next in his career. He was both realistic and humble and actually took quite a significant drop in salary, but also in title as well to make the move across. Now, I will categorically back this individual to get back up to that level he was at in terms of title and salary in not too long a time because he was very good at what he did. But in the first instance, he was realistic and humble enough to recognise that he may have to take a step back to take a step forward. And you may have to do the same. I'm not going to labour this point too much because without, as I say, me literally sitting with you or, or being on the phone with you and having sight of your CV, it's very difficult for me to give you an accurate understanding of what you're likely to get salary-wise. So certainly if that's a question you have, if you are seriously con contemplating moving from QS to PM, as well as me helping you with all the other questions, I can certainly give you a more accurate understanding around salary should we speak. So by all means, please do reach out to me. So I'm going to end this 
episode by just concentrating on that element again of being realistic. So I may get an individual who comes to me who goes, right, Paul, I want to move from QS to PM. I also want to make a move to Canada. And you know what? I'm fed up of the residential sector, even though I've done it my whole career and I want to move into commercial. <laughs> now, I'm probably being a little bit facetious. Probably somebody wouldn't come to me with all of those points at once, but, but you get my point. If you try to make too many changes all at once in your career, you may find that it's difficult. I would much rather you make that transition from QS to PM if that's what you want to do. And just back yourself that you're going to be, you're going to recover any 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 maybe loss in salary or loss in position, um, or, or, or loss in career momentum. I guess um, very quickly. If somebody's talented, if you're a very talented, capable, outgoing QS, then I can categorically assure you that you'll be able to. If you do make have to make a, a sideways or a backward step to make a move across to PM, you will quickly recover salary and level if you're good at what you do, and then go on from there, if that's your chosen career path that you want to excel at for the remainder of your career. So yeah, just be realistic about making that transition across one step at a time. Don't try and boil the sea, as they say. Okay, that is the end of this episode or the subject of this episode. I may change things up next episode. I may do a Q&A session. So I'm thinking if people would like to reach out to me and ask me any questions they've got. Of course, I don't have to mention your name. I can do if you like, but I don't have to mention your name at all. But certainly I'm thinking if I can answer a number of questions that people have, then that might be quite an interesting and maybe a different, um, uh, a different episode format. So if you do have any questions, please do reach out to me. As I say, if I get sufficient questions and good questions, then I'll probably um, do that next week or maybe the week after. Okay, have a good week. I hope um, it's nice where you are. I'm certainly in Leeds, sat in my office, but I can see the sun shining, so I'm probably going to get home soon to my, to my family and uh, get out in the sun. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. 